The following program is produced by Sage Advertising and Marketing. The views and opinions of the host and guests are not necessarily those of this station. Now, Nevada Real Estate Radio. Nevada Real Estate Radio has helped thousands of listeners make the right decisions when buying homes or refinancing. You'll never go wrong when you get your advice from real estate professionals that you know, like, and trust. Here is your host, Peter Padilla. Welcome to Nevada Real Estate Radio. Peter Padilla here with you today. I'm your host on our weekly radio show. We have a good time every week talking about real estate for investors. Many times when we talk real estate, it's primary residence. It's maybe a condominium or a small first home, but ultimately – The opportunities to become a real estate investor are always there if you own that first piece of real estate. We help you get started by listening to what the experts have to say. Experts beyond me. There's always new experts coming into the studio. Today is no different. We have a roundtable of experts with us first, Lou Carr. Lou is the branch manager of Summit Funding, a fantastic mortgage lender that can help people get in the right position to purchase real estate. Welcome, Lou. Thanks very much, Peter. It's great to be here. It's another great day in northern Nevada, and the market is still going really well. Mortgage rates are are excellent, and Mm -hmm. uh, thanks for having me on the show. You're welcome, and I appreciate everything you do to keep those rates down low. I do, Because that is really what helps people have the capacity to buy a home. With the rates where they are now, many people tell me, in fact, that they look more at the interest rates than the price of the home because it's really the interest rate that drives that monthly payment. Although both components are always in play, Mm -hmm. the rate seems to be the thing that people are most emotional about. Once they start looking at homes, they can get emotional about about the home that they're looking at. But but yeah, you know, way back in the day, interest rates were double digit and higher. And, you know, now recently in the last, let's say, five years, you know, they've been in the mid to low 3% range sometimes. Mm-hmm. Now they're, you know, right around 4%. So some people think, oh, my God, that's high. But then if you <laughs> yeah. look at it historically, <laughs> you realize it's extremely low. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the rates are still very advantageous for purchasing real estate. It's funny when I listen to the financial news at the end of the day or maybe read the newspaper the next morning, if interest rates move up at all, I mean any fraction, the typical headline is interest rates spike or interest right. rates jump. I mean it makes you feel like suddenly I can't afford to even talk to a lender. But when you're near that all-time low, a quarter point even or even a half a point is not that big a deal. Yeah. When I bought my first home in the early 80s, we were talking about double-digit interest rates. My first mortgage was at 11 percent. My second was at 16 and a half. I mean those are outrageous interest rates by today's standards. Right. But back then when I was just looking to get into a home and I found the right price and the I was I felt so lucky to be able to even buy a house. Yeah, and that's very interesting, Peter. When they were ten, nine and a half was a deal. Yeah, um, but we really had an interesting dynamic here in December. Um, for any of you that pay attention to the economic news and the Federal Reserve and interest rates and all, you know, as we were going through uh, September, October, November, there was a lot of anticipation. Well, the Federal Reserve is going to raise interest rates. And so people would call and they'd say, you know, I, I think I need to get in before they raise the rates. Mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. so then as the, you know, we build up to, to December 16th was the day that the Fed had their meeting and came out and, and you know, announced what they were going to do. And 
the end result was they raised interest rates by a quarter percent. Well, number one, they don't really raise interest rates. They raise the federal funds rate, which which influences interest rates. But the funny thing that happened that most people could relate to is that actually right after the Fed announced that they're raising a quarter percent, yeah. rates went down. Uh, that's so contrary to right. well, logic. Well, but if you if you think through the whole thing, remember the Fed influences the marketplace, which may raise rates. Mm-hmm. The marketplace, in anticipating that the Fed was finally going to raise rates by a quarter percent, more or less already adjusted the marketplace or baked into the cake Mm -hmm. that quarter percent increase. Mm -hmm. So then what happens is when the Fed finally does the quarter percent increase, there's a big sigh of relief. Oh, they did it. It was all this anticipation and uncertainty which caused them to go a little higher mm-hmm. than they probably should have. And then the Fed does that and then they they all exhale and the rate actually settled just a little bit. Mm-hmm. But, you know, again, they're still excellent. Interesting how the process works when you're right. talking about the Fed, right. the government – and mortgage rates, but it, it all comes down to one thing. It's still very affordable from all standpoints that I can see. Right. The only challenge is finding the house, right? Finding right. the deal. Yeah. One last thing on interest rates. The Fed's been saying they're going to raise rates for about six years now. Mm-hmm. Watch what they do, not what they say. The key is to get started, find the right property, make sure that you've got everything in order, and you're the man to talk to, Lou. I want to talk to you later in the show also about the new – mortgage rules and changes that have taken place over the last couple of months Absolutely. that was probably anticipated to be more major than it actually turned out. We want to be able to alleviate some of the concerns that people might have and get a better idea of what it really takes to start up and close a deal. I'm glad you're with us today. Thanks very much, Peter. Glad to be here. And thinking and talking about the availability of homes, that's when we need to talk to a real estate professional. We have a great real estate professional with us today. She's a realtor at Chase International. Megan Lowe is with us. Hi, Megan. Hi, Peter. Thanks for having me. It's been a little over a year since you came to visit. It's amazing how fast time goes when you're having fun. Yeah, can you believe it? And Chase International, you're located in South Meadows area? Yes, we're mm-hmm. off of DeMonte Ranch Parkway, mm-hmm. and we do have offices all around the lake, but we also have exciting news. We're opening in a Sparks location here soon. All right, Sparks. Lou. Go, Sparks, go. <laughs> That's yes. great news. Yeah. <laughs> Sparks, there's a Chase International there. Yep, yep. Very cool. Yes. Sparks is a great place, you know. It it's is. A very friendly, very family-oriented. It's, it's right here. I mean, it's like, it's like the pinky on my, thing, my hand, right? It's all, all connected. And now with proximity to the Tahoe Industrial Park and Center, I bet that had a little bit of an imp- influence on that decision-making. Yes, yes, definitely it did when the, um, our CEO and our COO decided on opening up the Sparks location. It really had to do with the amount of volume mm-hmm. and what we're going to need for the growth that we're going to see with the Reno Sparks Industrial Center. Yeah. Chase International, whenever I think about it, because I see the homes that are listed uh, on the Chase listings, the proximity of your offices, I've always thought you kind of gravitate toward the more upscale luxury homes. Is that pretty much still the case? Yes, we do definitely specialize in luxury real estate. Um, however, when um, Sherry Chase first opened our Reno office down in the Reno area, mm-hmm. we discussed um, deciding if we're going to still keep focusing on that luxury market or if we're going to break into a you know, a different a sub-branch mm-hmm. of it and open up a little different um, kind of 
way of doing things. However, at the end of the day, she deserves, she, she thought every single person in this community deserves that top-notch service yeah. and that everyone should be treated like a luxury client. So mm-hmm. yes, we do specialize in luxury real estate, but every client to us, we treat as a luxury client. And that so. is somewhat subjective for everybody. You know, what is a luxury home? What's right. not? Yes. When I moved from a <laughs> one-bedroom flat to a three-bedroom house, I moved into a luxury home. I guarantee it. I had two I, bathrooms. I 100% <laughs> agree with you. Exactly. <laughs> and when it comes to the mortgage, Lou, tell us that conform- when we're talking about luxury, uh, it's basically we're up in the jumbo mortgage loan area. And conforming is anything below the line where you can get a mortgage uh, at the best and most affordable rates. Where is that limit nowadays? In uh, in Washoe County, it's $417,000. Mm-hmm. That's the, the maximum for conforming conventional, which would be Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac financing. All right. So where you, if you have the wherewithal to get a mortgage and you're looking at a home up to four seventeen, you're not in a luxury home. But once you get above that, because the loan turns into what's known as a jumbo loan, Correct. then you can pretty well figure that at that point you're looking at something in that more luxury area. And, and remember, the loan at 417000 so if you were buying a, a home for four hundred and Sixty thousand dollars, and you put forty three thousand down. <laughs> your loan would be four hundred and seventeen thousand. So it's not the purchase price; it's the amount it's the you're loan borrowing. Amount. Okay, correct. All right. So, correct. It, so it would be possible then to get the best value on a mortgage if you have a little extra cash to put down, and you can still buy above that conforming limit. Correct. As long as the loan is for the limit or less. Right now, I would also throw in there. Right now, jumbo interest rates are still very attractive too. They really are not much more. Mm-hmm than conforming interest rates. Today. They used to be substantially higher, did they not? At some point in the mortgage history, they were higher and what harder to get. You needed more money down? Absolutely. After the mortgage meltdown, the jumbo financing became quite difficult. The rates were higher. And so you just really were not you needed a, a fairly substantial down payment to get into the jumbo market for mm. quite some time. Now, that's bounced back quite a bit, and, and we're seeing you know, definitely 10% down in a lot of jumbo areas, but sometimes now 5% down oh, wow. in the jumbo marketplace. Mm. So, wow, that's, yeah. that's a great deal. Yes. Yeah. Megan Lowe is with us too. Megan is a realtor at Chase International along with Lou Carr from Summit Funding. Nevada Real Estate Radio, all across the state and beyond. In fact, many of our listeners are in beautiful California. However, prices to buy real estate are not quite so beautiful. It's really expensive there when you compare those prices, especially in the Bay Area, to what we have available in northern Nevada. So, talking about Nevada real estate in California, when we come back from this commercial break. This is Ken Amundsen, corporate broker at Keller Williams Group One. You're listening to Nevada Real Estate Radio with Peter Padilla. Peter Padilla is important to me because he's available to bring the latest information to us every week. Peter Padilla is an awesome professional and a friend. Thank you, Peter. Sage International Incorporated sparks and fuels the entrepreneurial spirit by providing the strategies, information, education, tools, resources, and ongoing support services that will lay a solid foundation under a business owner's dream. If you're thinking of starting a business and you're not sure where to begin, Sage International Incorporated offers a free 30-minute consultation. Call 1-800-254-5779. That's 1-800-254-5779. Or visit sageintl.com. 
So you're thinking about buying investment real estate. Getting the right mortgage is a critical part of your decision. This is Lou Carr, branch manager of Summit Funding in Sparks, Nevada. With today's extremely affordable mortgage interest rates, you have the opportunity to step into what could be the best investment purchase you'll ever make. How do you go about it? First, get pre-approved with a mortgage lender like Summit Funding. Then, find the right property at the right price. Summit Funding is ready to talk with you about getting a mortgage to purchase real estate. Visit summitfunding.net slash L-C-A-R-R. That's S-U-M-M-I-T-F-U-N-D-I-N-G dot net forward slash L-C-A-R. Or call 775-626-0775 for personal service. This is Lou Carr from Summit Funding, NMLS number 258750. NMLS number 3199 and NMLS number 1042857. And we are an equal housing lender. Summit Funding Incorporated is located at 5931 Los Altos Parkway, Suite 105, Sparks, Nevada, 89436. This is Fred McElroy, Broker Sales Associate at Dixon Realty. You are listening to Nevada Real Estate Radio with Peter Padilla. Peter Padilla is outstanding in his field of real estate and a joy to work with. See ya. Welcome back to Nevada Real Estate Radio. You picked a great day to tune into our show today. Like every week, we're talking with real estate experts to help our listeners make great decisions when it comes to buying investment real estate. Today in the studio, I'm chatting face-to-face with two guests about real estate for investors. Lou Carr is with us. Lou is the branch manager, and he's a mortgage lender at Summit Funding in Sparks, Nevada. Also, Megan Lowe is with us, and she's a realtor at Chase International. Megan, you've got those great charts I'm looking at from here. Good color. Talk to us about the real estate market in northern Nevada. We all have a chance to read the paper and look at the updates, but you're in the trenches. Is it really growing as fast as what we're told? Is the market really stabilizing and looking good? So, Peter, I'm glad you brought that up because actually um, when you're in the trenches, you feel it a lot sooner than everyone else else hears about it. Mm-hmm. Um, my husband and I always laugh that when I come home, it can change day to day almost. I'm being exaggerating, but it does change week to week. Um, everyone still says is everything as crazy as it was. And to be honest, during the fall, we did see a, a, a slowdown. Mm-hmm. Our medium home price is still at the two ninety. Um, that was the same in November. Mm-hmm. We're at two hundred and ninety thousand dollar median home price. It's up eleven um, percent from last year. Mm. However, what's interesting is our units um, are up from November for December, which is tends to be happening. People that need <clears throat> to get it sold by the end of the year, they do. Mm-hmm. However, we're down nine percent from last year. So our units sold were down. I don't know, again, this is speculation, but maybe perhaps because of less um, distressed properties on the market. But that's one thing that I kind of feel. However, again, 
we saw a huge increase in the spring, um, a lot more buyers, a lot more investors in the market, and then it sped up and then it slowed down come July, August, September kind of slowed down. And then, of course, we always see the real slowdown October, November, December into the holidays. Mm-hmm. So um, it that makes for me, it made me feel like we're healthy again. It kind of mm-hmm. slowed down. We don't want to be always skyrocketing up. Right. But again, January 1st, right after, I mean, Monday the 4th, we already are seeing increased showings on all mm-hmm. my listings. It's already starting to happen. Um, I know earlier in the show we discussed about interest rates. I still think it's an awesome time to buy. A lot of people um, feel that it might not be. We might be in another bubble, but there's no way. We, we, we're at us that are in the trenches that are seeing it every day. We're seeing the cash going into these homes. We're not seeing the lenders giving them away. I really don't think we're in a bubble. I think it's still a wonderful time to buy. And with the growth that Reno's ha- going to happen, um, mm-hmm. we're just set up for a, a great thing. So whether you're looking to invest or, like you said, even a move up, which I'm seeing tremendous amount of people moving up. Me, when I say that, it's what you were discussing a few minutes ago about uh, people buying their um, making their primary residence into a rental and buying mm-hmm. a bigger house to fit their family. Yeah. So. The yeah. uh, the real estate took off, you know, but in the early two thousands, I think it was around two thousand two, really started to take off, and it peaked in that four or five area. And in those days, you're right, the 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 barrier of entry as far as getting a mortgage to buy a home was relatively low by today's standards, and you know it it caused a lot of people to get into the home buying process without the knowledge and really without the funds to stabilize and secure the market. I know that today it's different. If you're going to get a mortgage, you are absolutely going to have to be qualified and prepared to get that and make that payment, yes. no doubt. Yes, and you need to really speak to someone like Lou who could really walk you through the process. He can even talk to you before you're even slightly thinking about mm-hmm. purchasing because he can set you up. Even if you're a year out, he can set you up on what to do this next year mm-hmm. to make it perfect for in an easy transition when you start looking. Yeah. You know what, Peter? It's also uh, interesting, um, Megan, what you were saying about, you know, it kind of way back when, before the, you know, the bubble was forming and before the meltdown and all that, it used to be that the holidays in January and February, you know, people are distracted during the holidays, so you don't see as much business. And so, I mean, I wonder if, and I guess part of, part of, me is hopeful that, you know, maybe this is like the start of kind of a normal market where it does get busier in the summertime and then it tapers off a little in the winter. And that, of course, used to create buying opportunities, you know, in the wintertime. So if you went out and, and bought in the winter, I mean, is it, what do you think about that? Is that kind of what you're seeing? Yeah, I've seen it. And I've also even seen it the last two, three years, the same trend, the same yeah. where we have multiple <clears throat> offers on properties in the spring, yeah. and then it dies off into the winter. Yeah. Um, I think I think we're in this next year projecting what what's going to happen in the future. I think we've had the last two years where we're talking about the growth, even the last year mm-hmm. about the growth that Reno's doing. But I think this next year we're actually going to start seeing, we're going to see those workers and those executives start to start actually come in. in. Yeah. I know yeah. everyone kind of thinks it's going to be 2018, 19, but I've already seen a few and I just think yeah. it's going to happen sooner than later. But I think because of where we are with pricing, where we've been, I 
think it's going to be a slow um, and steady increase. And I hope so, because like you said, it would be refreshing to be in a healthy market for everyone in our community. However, again, it goes back to interest rates. What is going to happen and when when is that going to start going up? Yeah. I did also hear some very interesting news and it kind of caught me by surprise the other day. And I don't remember who it was that said it. I think I was listening to the radio. I was driving to or from work. And because I pay attention to, um, you know, the mortgage business from the standpoint of delinquencies on mortgages, because, of course, that's, you know, someone – you know, who gets into a home and has trouble making the payment, that's the first step towards a home going into foreclosure. Mm -hmm. And this caught me by surprise, but historical um, delinquency rates on mortgages are in the 1% to 2% range. And it has been much higher than that for quite some time. Well, I was listening to the radio the other day, and the statistic that they brought out was we were back down to about a 1.5% delinquency mm-hmm. rate on mortgages, which, Peter, you mentioned you really need to qualify nowadays. You really have to have the income. And, you know, some some programs you don't need any down payment, but you need to prove that you can make that payment and you need to have enough of a credit history. We're not doing the things that we were doing before, but that mortgage delinquency rate to me in the mortgage business is really way back to where it was, you know. Showing a recovery. And recovered, I think, is more the the word I would say. Yeah, Yeah. Mm -hmm. We saw the prices go up and down so fast. Now that the market has recovered, and I would bet that people that would normally have thought about selling are maybe holding off thinking, gee, if it's this good now, maybe it's going to continue to go up. I also see um, a lot of sellers listing high. And for all those investors who are getting into the market, don't be afraid to write an offer where what you feel is right because you'd be surprised. Sellers are getting frustrated. Why is no one writing? No one, why is no one writing? And I feel like a lot of buyers are thinking because they're asking that much, they're not going to be willing to go under. But we're in the market where mm-hmm. they are willing to actually go under again. Mm-hmm. Not saying everyone will, but just go out there and take a chance a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of a lot of times you, Megan, can really help that buyer if they because you again know the market and you can tell them, you know, they're ten percent high or whatever, let's go in here. But then I think I see really good real estate agents who will supply that comparable home information when that offer is being submitted so that the seller because let's face it, Sometimes you have sellers who get very emotional and angry. How dare you, you know, make this low offer like that? But if you put, if you have shown you did the homework and you give that to them with it, you can say, here's the basis for which we are establishing the value of your home. Of course. And I also ask them for their reasons why they do in the same way when they don't like what we present to them. (laughs) (laughs) So that always definitely is a... Well, and and if you take that one step farther from the lending side, of course, you know, let's say that the, the, the buyer offers the higher amount the seller agrees and all that, well, we're still going to do an appraisal. Mm -hmm. And we're still going to have a licensed appraiser who's going to walk in that house and have to justify to us as the lender 
that value that they're purchasing that home. And, and we have seen, you know, a couple times in the last six months or so, the appraisal does not come in at the purchase price. And so we go right back to the the seller. listing agent mm-hmm. and the seller and we say, gee, we're having trouble with the value. Can you can you show us what you were thinking when you established this purchase price? Exactly, right. exactly. And yeah. try to come and, – and Peter, just to kind of – clarify what you said. Yes, we're seeing sellers come into the market and saying that, but we're also seeing sellers able to move over. They can actually finally make some equity or mm-hmm. break even again. And, and you know, they've been sitting in this house for the last six or seven years just waiting for this time where mm-hmm. now they can actually move where they want to go, right. where they want to be. Um, we're also seeing a lot of older people actually um, go into a smaller home, Downsizing, move yeah. down, mm-hmm. and uh, – and that sort of thing too. Well, let's face so. it. Most people that sell a home in today's market, they're going to have to move someplace. Yep. And if you're going to have to buy a home after you sell your home, it might be more beneficial to do it now at these prices than waiting till prices go up another ten or fifteen percent. Which means, yes, you'll get more when you sell, but when you buy the replacement home, you're going to pay more for that too. And that increase in price mm-hmm. is going to impact your taxes, your closing fees. And interest rate. So yeah. might as well try to buy on this low end of interest rates mm-hmm. and sell because you're going to have that equity there. You're a real pro in the business. And if anybody's interested in buying or selling, you're a great person to talk to. What is the best way to reach you in case somebody's listening right now and they want to jot your number down? You can reach me on my cell phone at 775-690-0040. And you give me a call anytime. All right, and we'll be back with more with our special guest, Megan Lowe from Chase International and Lou Carr from Summit Funding after this message from our sponsors. This is John Graham. And Helen Graham from REMAX Premier Properties. You're listening to Nevada Real Estate Radio with Peter Padilla. Peter Padilla is important to me because he is extremely knowledgeable in all matters real estate. Peter Padilla is important to me because he is an outstanding real estate professional. Street Street smarts smarts on on the house. house. Buying investment real estate is a big decision. Getting the right mortgage is critical. This is Michelle Holbert, NMLS 184194 and MLB 3723 from Caliber Home Loans. With today's extremely affordable mortgage interest rates, you have the opportunity to step into what could be your best investment purchase of a lifetime. When you find the right property at the right price, you'll need to be pre-approved for your mortgage to lock in your deal with the seller. Caliber Home Loans is ready to talk with you about getting a mortgage to purchase real estate. Visit www.michelleholbert.com, and that's M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E, H-U-L-B-E-R-T dot com or call 775-284-1922. This is Michelle Holbert from Caliber Home Loans. Thank you. Caliber Home Loans, located at 6530 South McCarran Boulevard, Reno, Nevada, 89509. Hello, I'm Andy Cassidy from Junk King, Reno. We know you like a clean house and a clean yard, but sometimes things are too big, too heavy, or too much. That's when you call us, Junk King Reno. We're the professionals in the junk and rubbish removal business. Our team comes to your home to pick up what you need to dispose of. You don't need to gather or haul all your stuff to the curb. We can pick it up from your home and haul it away quickly. Call Junk King Reno, 888-888-JUNK. 
we recycle and donate everything possible before we visit a landfill. We're fully licensed and bonded. Call Junking Reno, 888-888-JUNK. This is Candace Meyer, Managing Broker at Coldwell Banker Select. You're listening to Nevada Real Estate Radio with Peter Padilla. Peter Padilla is the king of the airways. Street smarts on the house. You're tuned in to 1060 AM KFOI. We're on the Lotus Broadcast Station in northern Nevada. Today we have two outstanding guests in the studio. Megan Lowe is with us. She's a realtor at Chase International. Lou Carr is here too. Lou is the branch manager of Summit Funding. Lou, you're the branch manager, yes, but you also do loans yourself. You're in the trenches in the mortgage side. Yes, I am. Absolutely. It's probably what you love about the business is you get to interact with the people and actually play an important part in their future by helping them acquire the property they're looking for. It is It is really pretty fantastic. We get, you know, the mortgage lending business can be a, a frustrating business, paperwork and all that. Uh, Megan and I were just talking about some of the trials and tribulations of that. But, but um, boy, when you get when you get down to the end and help somebody buy their first home or a home that they've really just been, you know, trying to get into for a long time, maybe, you know, had some had some problems getting their financing done. When you can get over those hurdles and get them into the home, it really is worthwhile. Yeah, and you, you make friends and acquaintances that last a lifetime because that's a huge deal, getting somebody into that first home or first investment property. The uh, challenges, of course, people have is they hear a lot of things on the media, the internet, the social media, all sorts of different things going on. And sometimes you just don't know what to believe because you're so busy doing your own work. That, you know, you, you can't uh, decipher it all and, and noodle all the way through it. Last fall was a good example. There was a lot of talk about, oh, there's going to be all these changes coming in the mortgage business and the home buying process. It's going to take longer. It's going to be harder. It's going to, it's going to be a hassle. You know, we've talked off and on since the fall, Lou, about what's really going on. But now that we've rounded the corner and come back to the new year and we're back in cycle – was it really as big of a deal as everybody was talking about? Well, I don't think it was as big a deal as everybody thought it was going to be. But that doesn't mean it wasn't challenging because, I mean, it's it's kind of the way I look at it is, um, you know, a lot of us have been doing the mortgage business for a long time. And the the most recent change, and we've had probably four or five changes over the last eight or nine years or so, but the last one seemed to me – Although there are some good parts to it, it seems to me like they turned out the lights and rearranged the furniture and said, you guys have fun. Same furniture. Go get them. (laughs) Yeah, not a lot of good communications between everyone, it seems like. Yeah, well, this most recent change, and and I I agree with you, Megan, absolutely. And I think one of the the biggest changes or, or components of this was that the, the final uh, – for years and years when we closed a loan, a, a transaction, the title company would do the final documentation. That was the HUD, the mm. closing statement. They would be responsible that for that. They would interact with us as the lender and then we'd get that nailed down. Then we everybody gets together and signs and then we close. Mm-hmm. And really what has taken place, the biggest change has been that that – that closing statement, or now it's called a closing disclosure, 
has been moved forward so that there's more time between that closing disclosure and the close of the transaction, which I don't think is a bad thing. That way you don't have that that anxiety. You know, everybody's got their eyes, big eyes, I call it, you know, right at the end. But the sh- there was a shift of the construction of that final document kind of shifted to the lender instead of the title company. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty big change. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And throw into that mix, you have how many different lenders, a thousand different lenders and how many different title companies, thousands of title companies. And so everybody in this business doesn't do it exactly the same. And so I think that's where most of our frustration came from is, you know, we do transactions just in my branch. We might be doing deals with 15 different title companies every month. And if each one does things a little bit differently and then every lender does it a little bit differently, title company doesn't know exactly what to do. We don't know exactly what to do. So I think that was our biggest hurdle to get over is just that fundamental change. Yeah, I think you you explained it wonderfully I think that was the hardest part is there's so many different people and everyone does it differently Mm -hmm. but I think coming into this new year after a few months of of figuring it out everyone has kind of has their systems and know how to communicate with it so I'm hopeful that everything will get back right and smoothly it is definitely getting better and I we actually I personally experienced you know kind of a moment towards the end of December where in you know in your mind you always try and see how things are going so you so you know exactly what to do and there was a moment there when I went back to our closing department and had to like you know we had to like sit down and just figure it out and so then we came out of that with a better understanding of you know once we're getting ready to close kind of the abc's of how it should take place to eliminate some of those back and forth. We found ourselves going back and forth, you know, six, seven, eight times on a deal when you really should only take once or twice. And preparing that escrow officer and that title company up front with how you're going to be doing ABC is wonderful. Right, Mm -hmm. right. Yeah, so I do think that going forward, and we're closing loans back, we're back into a 30-day time frame closing Mm -hmm. loans. If everything goes okay, I mean, Mm -hmm. we still have appraisal problems and there might be a, you know, something with the home that needs repairing and you know we still have the things that we had before a title issue uh something like that but but we're we're i think in another month or two we're going to look back at this and go yeah that wasn't that big of a deal <laughs> how's it going with um scheduling appraisal appraisals i know for october november december they were pretty backlogged are you still experiencing that no, actually, we're about where we were before. We got up to as high as about seven to ten days from order date. And we can order now about the same time as we were before. There was some lenders who changed their process of ordering appraisals. We made just a couple of minor changes on that. So it's kind of funny because, you know, one week we'll get an appraisal in two days. Yeah. And then, you know, I would say about a week is what it's running right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is reasonable. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's very reasonable. So, Lou, before all of these changes, people would ask me about why they need title and escrow. What, is, what do they really do? Do we need to pay those fees and all? And, and I was trained when I was in the mortgage business that uh, the title and escrow company, they're like a middleman. They take care to make sure that all sides are balanced and all of the numbers match. They're a disinterested party because they're neither buyer or seller. They're not the lender. They're not the realtor. 
their job at that time was to make sure that everything matched and all parties understood. Now that the closing statement is done by the lender, does that take any of that responsibility away from them, or are they still playing that role? No, they're still uh, overseeing the contract and making sure that that all parties are represented in in all of their uh, requirements and wishes and all that are taken care of. And mm-hmm. then, of course, the title companies are, and I'm not intimately involved in how title and escrow are joined at the hip, but of course, they still have their title insurance department mm-hmm. that does the title search, make sure there's no, you know, in, inappropriate uh, or, or you know, any issues or problems with the history of the property. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, they're still really um, greatly involved in constructing that closing. Yeah, I would bet. Yeah, and then once we issue that closing disclosure, there's a little back and forth now. And then a lot of title companies are still doing a document that's very similar to the old HUD, the old closing statement, mm-hmm. because quite frankly, it's – a little easier for someone to understand it when it's all on one page. Um, closing disclosures have a couple things that I think will probably get worked out in you know six months to a year. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some quirks. I, as a loan originator, don't really understand them like I do. I mean, I've been looking at closing statements for 20 plus years, and these things are new, so I don't understand them completely myself, which I need to get to that point. But that Mm -hmm. just takes time. So, yeah, no, the title companies are still intimately involved and they are a detached third party that, you know, you've got a buyer and a seller and real estate agents and a lender. So they're making sure that everybody kind of uh, melds together to bring the transaction to a close. When I was in the business, too, I remember that the rules then were that the consumer, the home buyers can decide which title and escrow company they use. Although most people, they don't deal with title and escrow people every day. They maybe buy a house every five years or longer. So, I mean, they don't know. They don't know who to use unless they have a family member or a friend that's in the business. So typically, the realtor would pick one or the lender would pick one or maybe in combination. Is it still the same way? It really is. And and as uh, TRID, which is the the acronym for this new program we're doing, it's TELA-RES... TILA RESPA Integrated Disclosures, mm-hmm. or commonly referred to in the business as the reason I drink. Oh, very <laughs> nice. Um, if, if, if there was a big emphasis as we're rolling this out that there, we really wanted to have the borrower, the buyer, or the seller pick their title and escrow company. Mm-hmm. And you're absolutely right. You're asking someone who has never – maybe never experienced or very rarely experienced interacting with mm-hmm. a title company, let alone a specific escrow officer, asking them to do that. And that's just not realistic. Well, no, it's Meg- like- Megan does this all the time. And she knows she wants her transaction to close and she wants it to close as smoothly as possible from start to finish. And she knows who's got better rates than, you know, others or or that in in this business, Megan, you even mentioned it earlier. If I make a phone call to somebody, if they pick up the phone, I can get the problem solved a lot faster. So there's a lot that goes into (laughs) realtors and escrow officers and lenders. You know, we all have service levels that, that, you know, that have to be at a certain place to get it done. So it really isn't reasonable to ask somebody 
outside the business, who do you want to use? Now, right. they, yeah, they might know somebody and they could they could mm-hmm. use that person if they wanted to. But you've got a buyer and seller that have to agree to that too. It's like going to a dentist and needing to get, let's say, a tooth implant. Your dentist says, okay, now you've got to pick out an oral surgeon that knows. Who do I know about those guys? <laughs> now, why would you associate a tooth implant with, <laughs> with the mortgage the business? <laughs> well, there's a, there's a relative uh, level of pain there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, there is. The only difference is no anesthesiologist. <laughs> <laughs> right. But, Lou, I know you've got a handle on things at mortgage and at Summit Funding, and you're a great person to talk to for anybody that is looking to see about financing to purchase a home primary residence, second home, or investment property, let our listeners know the best way to reach you. Uh, You can reach me the best way is on my cell phone, text or telephone, 775-771-4505. And your information is on our website too, Lou. We'll make it easy for people to find you. Thank you. I appreciate that. We have more great conversation on Nevada Real Estate Radio, and we're going to talk more about the new information that was submitted by the Reno Sparks Association of Realtors as they presented their fourth quarter and December existing home sales reports. I know we had great conversation with our in-studio guests, Lou Carr and Megan Lowe, after this message from our sponsors. This is Megan Lowe with Chase International Real Estate. You are listening to Nevada Real Estate Radio with Peter Padilla. Peter Padilla is important to me because he connects all the real estate professionals in our community. Street Smarts on the house. Many times, closing a real estate deal fast is the key to getting the great deal done. At Socotra Capital, we help you get the money fast. This is Dave Washburn, Vice President of Loans and Investments at Socotra Capital. We are a hard money lender for real estate transactions that need to close fast, way before banks or institutional financing can complete the deal. We're ready to talk to you about closing your transaction quickly, and we can get you the money fast. Visit www.socotracapitalnevada.com or call 775-420-4990 for a personal appointment. Socotra Capital Nevada is located at 298 Kingsbury Grade, Suite 1G, State Line, Nevada, 89449. David Washburn's NMLS agent number 51269, NMLS 331429, MLD 4075, company NMLS number 114 Capital Nevada Incorporated. Hello, I'm Andy from Junking Reno. Why would you call us instead of doing it yourself? There's lots of good reasons. Our team comes to your home to pick up what you need to dispose of. You don't need to gather or haul all your stuff to the curb. We can pick it up from your home and haul it away quickly. We recycle and donate everything possible before we visit a landfill. Call Junking Reno, 888-888-JUNK. We're the professionals in the junk and rubbish removal business, and we're fully licensed and bonded. And you don't have to wait in a long line at a landfill or transfer station. Call Junk King Reno, 888-888-JUNK. Junk King Reno, locally owned and operated. Call Junk King Reno, 888-888-JUNK. Hi, this is Timothy Johnston, President and CEO of the Better Business Bureau serving Northern Nevada. I'm on Nevada Real Estate Radio with Peter Padilla next week right here on KFOY 1060 AM Radio. Tune in next Wednesday at 1 p.m. for this radio show where I'll tell you about the value we offer at BBB. 
This is Peter Padilla on Nevada Real Estate Radio. I'm pleased to be with you today and join my conversation with real estate experts. With me in the studio today, Lou Carr from Summit Funding. He's the branch manager and also a mortgage lender. And Megan Lowe is with us. She's a realtor at Chase International. Megan, I'm glad you're with us today. A lot of people talk to me about Chase International because you guys deal with all sorts of different types of homes, but you have a good specialty with luxury homes. You're opening up an office in Sparks. Thanks, Peter. Yes, we are opening up a new office in Sparks. It's great news. We're also dealing with a lot of investors out Mm -hmm. there in Sparks. So Mm -hmm. for all those listening that are looking in the Reno Sparks market to take advantage of the Reno Tahoe Industrial Center opening up, we want to let you know that we have a great new office that you can easily find. Yeah, and you've really got to deal with a pro nowadays to find the right home and pull the trigger fast because there's a lot of people looking for the great deals. Megan, that having a great realtor gives you access to what I call the network. There's a network of realtors. Realtors meet. They talk about things. I would bet a lot of times properties are discussed that haven't even hit the MLS yet. Things that maybe will hit the MLS down the road or I know a guy, I know a gal that's thinking about this and that and the other. And if you get a realtor like yourself that's got great connections within that network – you can find some outstanding deals. 100%. I completely agree. I think that is the most important. About three years ago, I decided that was going to be one of my main focuses was networking with other realtors because Mm -hmm. you do. You hear about things that are happening. Realtors want to work with people that they already know because they know their worth. It goes back to what we were talking about earlier in the show with lenders and escrow officers. Realtors that know each other know how each other work. It really makes things move along a lot um, more smoothly. Plus, you kind of have this knowledge that they're bringing in a real buyer, not someone that just walked through the door and wasting their time. So if you have a relationship with someone and the community, it's definitely a benefit to you. So it used to be that many realtors would show homes to anybody that was interested in looking around a house. And then as financing became to be much more of a critical factor, I know a lot of lenders ask, the prospects. Are you pre-approved yet? Yes. And I think it gets frustrating from a, when you're a a consumer, you're sitting there and you get the call, you're calling a realtor and they're like, well, have you been approved? Which can be kind of overpowering. But at the same time, we really don't want to waste your time either because you need to know what you're, you feel comfortable. You may qualify for a $700,000 house, but you're more comfortable with that $350,000, $400,000 payment. And that's completely fine. But you wouldn't know that until you've actually sat down with the lender and discussed to them. What do you think is more important of the pre-approval process? Getting it pre-approved from your lender that you want to buy a house or getting it pre-approved from your wife that you want to buy a house? <laughs> you want me to chime yeah. in on and that? You know well, I don't have a wife, so I think that's <laughs> well, you. Yeah, I guess so, huh? It's the wife, isn't it, Luke? Well, you know, um, <laughs> my wife handles a lot of the finances in my house. But I know you know that goes back and forth. A lot of a lot of different you know couples and families have have different uh, people who kind of pay attention to the to the financing part. But I do think this is this is me personally. I do think that when it comes to buying, if my wife doesn't like it, it's not happening. <laughs> and I tend to see that with most of my clients that we see, they kind of have the final say because I feel like. 
no matter what, you can turn a house into your home. Mm -hmm. And a woman will know how to do that when they walk in with what they feel is comfortable with it. And so um, that does definitely say a lot of why they kind of run it. I don't know why the, maybe the nurture part of us mm-hmm. wants to make the home the home. But um, there is a little bit of that, of course, not across the board, but there is some and, of that. And with my wife, you know, I, I tell her, oh, you know, we can fix that part mm-hmm. of it. And she knows how long it'll take <laughs> me exactly. to fix that. <laughs> we know you men. We do. Yeah. When, and how, when, because you work 24-7? Yeah, that's when right. When is that yeah. going to happen? Yeah. you going to do it like at 7 when you get home at night? <laughs> yeah. or? And I always tell people that if it was only men that were on this planet, we'd all live in caves you know, or out in the tundra. But as it is now, a man has to at least get pre-approved for a garage. Yep. <laughs> Two-bathroom garage. When I show a house, the woman walks straight to the kitchen and the man walks straight to the garage and it never fails. And the woman may not ever even look in the garage. <laughs> and he doesn't care about the kitchen because as long as the food keeps coming out, I don't yeah, care what's yeah. going on there. It's an interesting process to deal with home buyers and sellers because it is uh, it is social. It is relationship. So everything can be good, but you're right. If one of the spouses is not happy with the deal, it's not going to happen. So I remember making sure that I had good conversation when I was in the real estate business is to talk to all parties that are involved. I've, I remember way, way back when I first started, I had a deal that was looked solid. I never really talked to the missus. I was always talking with the mister, but it, it was about three weeks later I found out this deal is not going to go. Yep. She was totally against it. And so I know how important it is to make sure that all of the parties – that are able and will be making that decision that they're with me initially. Exactly. And that is correct because a lot of times we're juggling so many different schedules, mine, theirs, yours, Mm -hmm. his, hers, everyone's. So, um, I think the initial one, especially maybe the first day out, finding a time so we can all discuss so we're mm-hmm. all on the same page. And then being flexible where we just take out one of, one of the parties, the husband or wife, because and then we can pick out a few and make, mm-hmm. bring them back in. Um, I'm always very flexible with that. So, uh, But I, I think you nailed it. We need to. We need to have a one, one group meeting at the mm-hmm. very beginning. Otherwise, we're just floundering out there. This is Peter Padilla. You're listening to Nevada Real Estate Radio. We're helping home buyers and home sellers make great decisions every day by tuning into our radio show and hearing what the industry experts have to say. Today, Lou Carr is with us. He's the branch manager of Summit Funding. And Megan Lowe is with us. She's a real estate professional, a realtor at Chase International here in northern Nevada. Uh, Megan, let me ask you a question about the web work and Internet and social media. It seems like more and more people are using that not only to communicate but to make their buying and selling decisions. When it comes to a big deal like buying investment property or a primary residence for your family, I know people, a lot of them start on the web, but do they stay there long or are they still looking for that face-to-face contact? I still think that they're constantly using the web as a resource, but once they feel comfortable with a real estate professional, they use them and I would highly recommend it. I kind of use the jargon where um, the internet's a huge bowl of spaghetti Mm -hmm. and the realtor can help you unsort each thing and make your life a little bit more organized. That's a great analogy. (laughs) What about the meatballs? I didn't know you were going to bring the men back into the the conversation. You get calls from people that have been shopping on the web. How does that go? Are they really at all interested in talking with people face-to-face anymore? Absolutely. They are? Yeah. You know, I, th- I think that a lot of people, um, Megan touched on it, it's a, it's a resource. Mm-hmm. It will provide you with information. It, you know, a lot of people will look in my world, look at interest rates. But, but really, and I, I 
really drill this in for people when we first meet him. Peter, you and I have talked about this on the show a lot. You have to trust and depend on your professionals, your realtor, your lender. Um, If you don't trust them, Mm -hmm. then there are going to be too many uh, periods during the purchase process. Remember, you're talking about, you know, searching for a, a, I mean, just the loan process might be 30 to 45 days. But, you know, some people between the time we pre-approve them and when they buy a home, it could be a couple of years. Yeah. But usually, you know, at least two months or three months, there's a lot of nights you're, you're thinking, you know, what what's going on. And then you get into the contract mm-hmm. and, there are things you don't know. Well, you need to trust that that person, that, the professional that you're mm-hmm. working with. And if you don't, you should find somebody you do trust. Yeah. Because there are a lot of a lot of good lenders, and there's a lot of good realtors, and and you know, so there's no excuse for not working with somebody that you trust. And make sure they have time, because it, you know, as a realtor, we, we every week it changes on how much time we have available, and that's okay to ask them up front. You know what? What? How many are you working with right now? Do you? My commitments to you. Um, will you give me that same commitment? And that's something important to build that trust with too. Yeah, and Lou, I know none none of you work solo. You've got to have a great team to make it happen. Correct. Tell us briefly about your team at Summit Funding. Um, we've got uh, eight of us at Summit Funding, four uh, originators, loan officers. And that's and in Sparks? So we in Sparks okay. only, yes. Right. And there's a, a Reno office too that's that's a larger office than ours. But um, we all have a team that helps us. You know, each one of different people do different things in the, in the office in the way of processing and what we call the operations of closing a loan. Um, but yeah, if you don't have people that you can count on, I would not be able to be here right now. Right, <laughs> and, you wouldn't and be getting that on the process, radio, yeah. right? Or maybe go visit Megan's office and mm-hmm. talk to some of them and and educate them on on loans and and such. So yeah, the the team we have somebody to do every every job. You're licensed not only in Nevada, but you've got offices all across the country, it seems like. Absolutely, yeah. Summit Funding has offices. I I think it's about 34 or 35 states now, yes. And California is a big part of your market, too, Yes, our corporate headquarters is in California down in Sacramento, yes. If somebody wants to talk to you about real estate outside of Nevada, do you have to hand them off, or can you handle the deal in California? I'm licensed in Nevada and California. And then beyond that, we would refer them to, and I have done it quite a few times. We have some very uh, wonderful uh, branches around the country. And so we'll refer somebody. If they're comfortable with Summit Funding, we will refer them to a, a branch in another state. Well, that's great, Lou. I've got all of your contact information up on our website. Hoping you're going to have a fantastic 2016. Thank you, Peter. I, I wish the same for you. And uh, once again, thanks for having me on the show. You're very welcome. Megan Lowe has been with us too. She's with Chase International. Megan, we've been looking at the statistics from the most recent Reno Sparks Association of Realtors Home and Sales Report for the end of the year, December. It's just amazing how quickly the median price has gone up on homes. The last thing I remember back in January of 2012 was it was at $150,000 and it was just amazing to me that people could buy a home for such a low cost and now it's almost double. Mm-hmm. I mean that that is just amazing. What is the average that home prices go up every year if you look at the big picture? What is that? Tradition? Well, I th- I 
my understanding is a healthy market, you see about a three to five percent mm-hmm. um, appreciation year over year. Yeah. I'm hopeful that we're going that direction each year. We are decreasing a little bit. I know um, just from, like I said before, December to December um, last year, we had 11% increase. But in November, we did see um, a less amount. I don't remember mm-hmm. the number off my head. But when we go month to month, don't let that intimidate you quite as much. Right. I think we were at 280 last year. Mm-hmm. So um, it's slowing down. And um, hopefully we'll get to that 3 to 5% appreciation and have a healthy market again. You can make a good uh, living and you can have a good retirement future with investment property. You can enjoy living at your own home much more if you own it, and you can take advantage of the equity and tax benefits after you talk to your CPA, of course. Glad you were with us today. Give us your contact information one more time in case anybody would like to reach you. Megan Lowe, my cell phone number is 775-690-0040. Would love to answer any questions we missed. Megan Lowe from Chase International. We're going to put all of your information on our website to make it easy for people to find you. I'd like to thank our listeners for tuning in today. We'll be back next week. Same time, same station. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. You've been listening to Nevada Real Estate Radio with Peter Padilla. We value your listenership and appreciate your feedback. Want to talk with Peter? Send an email to peter at nevadarealestateradio.com. Is it that time of year to make an appointment? Are you in the market for a mammogram? Instead of a mammogram, why not consider making an appointment for a thermogram? Thermograms are the modern, safe alternative to a mammogram. By mapping known thermal changes in the breast tissue that occur when disease is present, a very early detection can be noted and addressed. This breast screening method is totally safe at any age for any type or condition of the breast. And best of all, it is painless, does not involve any breast compression, no physical contact, and no radiation exposure. A certified medical trainer specialist can determine the abnormal changes in a woman's breast. Thermography is not a standalone examination. Along with your physician's direction, the proper secondary screening can be determined should the thermal image indicate a problem. For a free consultation on whether or not this is the right choice for you, call Thermal Imaging Consultants today, 356-0200. That's 356-0200. Or check them out on the web at thermogramexam.com.